Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Shalene Show. As you know, we like to talk about a lot of different subjects, everything related to life. And there's so many different seasons in life. So today, we're going to talk about the season of parenting. Now, if you don't have a teenager, this is still going to be interesting to you. And if you don't have kids, it might be interesting to hear like my version and parenting teens and comparing it to your own. And I'd love to have you weigh in. I'd love to hear your opinion and your suggestions. You can share those with us by joining the Pod Squad. It's a free Facebook group. Just go to Facebook. In fact, just go below on my show notes and you'll see I put a little link there so you can join our little discussion group on Facebook. But that's what we're talking about today on The Shaleen Show. What's something that we did that you think, oh, that was a good parenting thing and I'll probably do that too? Ooh. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like how you always encouraged us to do like whatever we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like you were very open with like whether Sierra, I think of Sierra really specifically like wanting to do acting or track or soccer oh, yeah. or dress like a boy or dress like <laughs> a girl or, you know, like she could just kind of do whatever she wanted. Yeah. You didn't feel like you could. <laughs> I felt like I could. I just kind of chose the family business. Yeah? Yeah. What's the family business? <laughs> Football and social media marketing, it seems. <laughs> Did you feel like you couldn't stray? No, I felt like I could. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to be the golden child? <laughs> yeah. The oldest? Yeah. It's pretty typical. I liked those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a question I have. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't really strict with you, wouldn't you say? No, you weren't. So then I was such a bad kid. How did you end up, like, not doing all the bad things? From what I learned... Yeah? I didn't do the bad things because I didn't want to break the trust I was given. I felt like I was Ah, given the trust. Yeah. And so I felt like I don't want to break it. And then also I had a lot of role models who I looked up to, specifically like high school football players. And I was constantly Mm -hmm. kind of being fed this narrative of like who the good players are and who the maybe not the best players or just the players who, you know, they had a lot of potential, but were squandering that for other things. You know, Mm -hmm. they were being the rebellious teenagers and that was hurting, you know, their chances of playing in college or whatever. And so us talking about that a lot? I wouldn't say Oh, you just seeing it. Just seeing and being around dad and kind of the football team, mm-hmm. a lot of my childhood, that affected that. Will you ask Sarah to come in here? Yes. We think she will? She, Don't tell her what I'm asking. Okay. Sarah. She'll be like, oh, it's got to be in her terms. We'll see. Keep your fingers crossed. Hello. Hello. What is something that we did as parents that you were like, that's probably a good thing. I'll I'll probably do that, too. Everything. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) No, really, you have to tell me because I'm going to tell you what your... a specific one thing? Yeah, do I want me to tell you what your brother said? Sure. Okay. Brock said that you... (laughs) This is really funny. You encouraged us to do anything we wanted, like you let Sierra dress any way she wanted. You let Sierra do the things that she wanted to try. You let Sierra take acting. And I'm like, so what about you? And he goes, well, I just chose not to. I'll just do one that sticks out right now. Uh Doing not adult things, but like forcing us to talk to adults and handle our own situations, even though you guys were like right behind us, but we would have to go and talk. Do you remember the first time we made you do that? I don't remember the first time, but I remember the last time. <laughs> what was that? The last time I was like, didn't want to, if that makes sense. Was sure. when I bought my car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And but what, like talking to people. I remember that. Like concierge on the phone yeah. or 
handling things. Yourself. That sounds like such a, a white rich kid problem. Like talking to the concierge. <laughs> I remember sending you up to the counter at some burger joint. I don't remember where we some were, but like burger joint. Yeah, because I remember like your burger like had pickles on it or something, and you were very young. And I was like, well, then go up go to the up counter to, yeah. and tell. And you're like, I don't want to. Can you? It's like, no, you you can yeah. go do that with manners. That's a good point. Teaching you to handle your own business. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much for your cooperation, your time and consideration in this matter. Love you. Love you. From a psychological standpoint, the following are poor parenting traits. These are the type of parenting habits and traits that produce anxiety, depression, and all kinds of problems. Oh, my child is so resilient. Once that so resilient child is an adult, that's when these problems surface. So what are they? Competing with your kids, either you're competing with them, like they can do well, but they can't outdo what you've ever done. Like this narcissism where you want to keep them down. Ridiculing children, belittling them, teasing them, calling them names, embarrassing a child, shaming a child. Doing comparisons, comparisons between your child and a sibling, your child and another kid on the team, your child and yourself, uh, minimizing their dreams, their hopes discouraging them, telling them that they need to have limiting beliefs, you know, that we don't do those kinds of things. Our family isn't made of money. Our family doesn't do that. Everyone in our family is poor or everybody in our family is overweight or the women in our family all get divorced. You're giving them limiting beliefs. Talking about your child's appearance, positive or negative, too much talk about appearance, even those subtle little digs like, oh, honey, are you sure you want to eat that? Are you sure you want to wear that? That hurts. You really encouraged my freedom to pursue my passions. And that was more than just sports, but, you know, in my quote unquote businesses that I ran when I was little, which none of them lasted for more than a month or two or inventions that I had or when I wanted to be an architect or, mm-hmm. you know, when I did Taekwondo for a couple months or, you know, there's just so many different things that I did. And you were always very encouraging of like, is that what you want to do? Is this, you know, do you want to go on to first grade? Do you want to do second or do kindergarten again? Do you want to play on this team? Do you want to play this sport? Do you want to try this thing? So you were very, very encouraging of my freedom to like express myself and do artistic things and do athletic things and dance. And it was always just like, whatever I wanted, if I was passionate about it, you would really promote and encourage me to follow that. Mm, That's good. Yeah, I put on mine, one of the things that I intentionally did was I wanted to foster self-sufficiency and also empower you to know, like, you could do it. You could figure it out. And it didn't matter what it was. It would be cool. It was okay with us. And so we would try to foster those things. So examples. Oh, like using social media. You know, you wanted to use social media from a really young age, like most kids did. And I said, that's totally cool as long as there's an intention behind it. Like you need to have a purpose. And so you would present to us like, okay, so I want to use YouTube. We should, oh, we should link to Brock Shots. Oh, we need to link to Brock Shots. Yeah, this is awesome. So when he was little and he wanted to have a YouTube channel, I'm like, okay, what is it going to be? What's the purpose? What are you trying to do? And he's like, well, I just want to teach people how to have fun and be active by loading, he and his sister and all of his friends for what, like two summers, three mm, summers? Two summers in a row, yeah. Created this YouTube channel. We'll link to it because it is hysterical. And it was called Brock Shots. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. would 
make these crazy basketball shots from like rooftops and in costumes. And I says, as long as you're, you know, using social media with an intention that's positive, I love it. And it fostered creativity. And Mm -hmm. eventually you started using Twitter. And that was one of your first business. I always say businesses, but it's like, it's not really wasn't a business per se. It was one of the first things you did to make money online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a better way to put it. And even before YouTube, there was my blog that I had when I was like, have you 10. checked to see if it's still? It up? is. It is still up. What's it called? It's I believe BrockRocks.blogspot.com. <laughs> I'll, we'll put the yeah. We'll find it and put the link in the what? in the description. I, don't even re- I remember that, but I don't remember what you blogged about. <laughs> it was literally. It's the funniest thing to look back at because every blog had three comments. One was by you. <laughs> one was by Janelle Summers, and one was by a third Monica. account that I had made for my dog. Oh. And I my dog would comment on my own blog. Oh, perfect. <clears throat> and all the blog posts were just you know like here's what I did today or mm-hmm. here's some funny story I have to tell. Lots of typos and just hilarious. But like, of course, it was like all moderated by you. And mm-hmm. the only people who ever saw it was like our family, you know, but just the getting used to being online and sharing things and telling stories and having people engage with it was, that was something from a very young age. Yeah. Oh, and hey, if no one has told you this yet, you should also know that you don't have to struggle with your no-show socks. If you're into socks in general, like if you have a thing about socks that fit nicely, you are going to love Features. It is spelled F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, like feet, features. And if you go to features.com forward slash Shaleen, you're going to get $10 off your first pair of Features. Why am I telling you about Features? In case no one else has told you this today, you don't have to have socks that are ill-fitting or slip off your heels or make your feet fall asleep or that get holes in them. I love features. In fact, I love their elite no-show tabs because that's my favorite sock. It comes in a super lightweight sock, almost has like, I mean, it's so thin and I'm really picky about the socks that I wear, which is how I discovered features. And that is how features became a sponsor of the Shaleen Show. Listen, if being active is an important part of your life, you need to take care of your feet. And features have just released these really cool new socks specifically designed for plantar fasciitis. I love them. I just got them. I got them in two different colors and I think they're amazing. Okay, so you can try your own pair of the number one pair of running socks in America and you get $10 off by going to features, it's spelled F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com forward slash Shaleen and that's how you get your $10 off. Thank you so much, Features, for sponsoring The Shaleen Show. You guys, let's support a company like this. They're American-made, they are family-owned and they take care of our feet. And in case no one else told you today, the socks you put on your feet make a really big difference. All right, back to the show. Okay, Shaleen, my 14-year-old claims that she's the only person in her whole school who does not have a phone. (laughs) That's funny. Her father and I have been trying to hold out. She has a laptop. She has an iPad. So she's able to communicate with her friends in that way. And we do let her spend some time on technology. I just don't know why she needs a phone, and I'm not sure at what age we should let her have one. Well, first of all, I mean, yeah, that's pretty crazy that you've been able to go that long without giving her a phone in today's day and age. I mean, I know it happens. My friend Monica, who's got triplets, her kids didn't get a phone until when they turned 15. And I think they were like the last 15-year-olds on the planet to finally get a phone. But, you know, here's the reality of it. What are you trying to protect them from? 
If you're trying to shield them from social media and the things that they can see online, newsflash, they've already seen it. They've already seen it on their friends' phones. You're not sheltering them from any of those things. When they're at school, they're looking at their friends' phones. They're seeing everything that you don't want them to see. They're already seeing it. That sucks, I know. But that's just the reality of it. If they have an iPad, they have everything that you don't want them to have on a phone. They have access to the internet. They have access to apps. They have access to adult content. I mean, unless you're really putting in some safeguards, which there are lots of them you can place on your phones. But most people are not. And even if you are, that doesn't protect your children from seeing the things that are on their friends' phones and their friends' digital devices and on your laptops. And I mean, the internet's a scary place. I hate to think at what age my kids saw things just because there's an internet, right? Like we, and we really tried to do our best to monitor that and to be aware of what they were looking at and to have set up rules and policies. But we didn't helicopter parent them. And I, I just knew that they're going to see things. And so we had those conversations. My question is, what is it you're trying to protect her from? That's number one. And number two is, what are you telling her about your trust, right? Like if that's the norm and she's already got an iPad and she's already got a desktop and she already has all these friends who have phones, are you trying to tell her you don't trust her? I mean, or is that the message you're sending her, I should say? And frankly, my thing was, I couldn't wait for my kids to have phones. I mean, I don't even remember what age we gave them phones. Back then they were like, they weren't iPhones. They were like, I forget what we called them, but they weren't iPhones. So they couldn't go online and stuff, but we could figure out where they were. My thing was, I always wanted to have a a way to track them if they had been abducted. I wanted to make sure they had a way to call us if they were at a friend's house, at a sleepover, and they weren't comfortable, or if they were ever in a situation where they wanted mom and dad to come and pick them up. Like That was really important to me. So I don't know what the right age is, but I would say it's probably different for every kid, and We should trust our kids until they give us a reason not to, with a caveat, of course, knowing that they're not adults, so they're not equipped to make adult decisions, but it is our job to teach them how to make the right decisions and how to deal with the consequences and how to make informed decisions as opposed to making decisions for them. I purposely showed you a lot of affection Mm -hmm. all the way through, whether it was hugs or secret little handshake right so we had we had just little things and and it wasn't just affection when you know like after a game like hey honey come give me a hug or you you know it was before she went to school after every night before bed yeah. yeah and whenever she went off to do a competition so it was like you needed to get that hug and that handshake before you even competed mm-hmm. type of thing and i just thought that was you know, especially at that early age when when they're like 10, 11 and things are kind of like we're noticing boys and how should they treat you? And, you know, you know, little squirrely teenage preteen boys are like, you know, gross and and they like to gross and stuff like that. So you got to interact all that stuff. You got to show got to show your daughter affection. So that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because I said affection. So I wasn't looking for validation from boys at a young age, like the handshakes. Like I needed the pre handshake before I raced or else I didn't feel like secure. I felt bad if I left the house and I wasn't like, love you, dad. Yeah. But also on affection, because affection can be both like physical, the touch, but just also that that I was around too. I made sure that I was around at your things when you were, 
you know, it was always very important for your mom and I both to be at present to, you know, at your games or events or plays or gymnastics or anything like that. Yeah, it's funny because whenever I talk to friends about like the four love languages or the five, I forget how many there are. But mine, I always say mine's never like one of my lowest is physical touch. But I say for my dad, it's like the only person that it is my love language is physical touch, which is funny. So, I mean, that helps like I don't need it from any other (laughs) anyone else. (laughs) Sorry, truth bomb. You know, everyone's so quick to say. No one should make you feel guilty. I agree. But sometimes the guilt we feel is our conscience trying to tell us something. It's our job to influence our children, to give them the best possible chance. And in order to have influence, we need time and attention. In order to influence your child, you need to be present and around them enough to have an influence on them. How much time? That's up to you. There's lots and lots of people out there who are of the mindset that it is quality over quantity, and that is your decision. I think it's pretty clear for Brett and I, it was both. And we we knew we had a limited amount of time with them, and we wanted to eat up every single possible second of that. But that's also kind of how our parents work. So important for you as parents and to co-parent is that you really need to communicate and you really need to consult with your spouse before talking to your child about anything major. Shalene and I do this all the time. We talk about who would be the best person to talk to the child, you know, about a certain situation. A lot of times, if one of us had something that happened to us in the past or something that happened to us as a child that we can draw on our experiences, then that parent usually takes the reins there and says, you know what, I'm going to go talk to son or I'm going to go talk to daughter. And we don't script it, but we go over like the key points that we want to get in, that we want to touch upon and really kind of go over all the pros and cons that we're going to talk about with our child before we do so. And I think that's really important because now you're on the same page so that there's going to be no confusion. There's absolutely zero confusion when you have some communication or you consult with your spouse before you go ahead and talk to your son or your daughter. That's rule number one. Was I really appreciated how you always encouraged us to talk to adults and to be independent. And like a specific example would be, you know, if we were at a restaurant, you weren't ordering for us. We were going to right. order. And if, you know, we wanted a plain cheeseburger, we were going to have to order it the way we wanted it. It wouldn't be just like cheeseburger mm-hmm. and then have the parent interrupt and be like, oh, he doesn't want any of this on end. You know, speak up, sweetie. But it was just encouraging us to be independent. And if we wanted something to be able to go talk to adults and not seeing ourselves as less than adults, like still having respect but not seeing ourselves as inferior or or like that our voices and our opinion didn't matter. Or incapable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you guys would resist it sometimes. You know, I can't go to practice. So will you call my coach and tell them I have a doctor's appointment? I would say, no, you can call your coach. It's fine. You can do it. And, and so sometimes you guys would not want to, but I always knew even as adults, you have to sometimes make telephone calls. You don't feel like making You still have to do it. And it's far less painful once you do it. 
Now, you know, if you've listened to previous episodes of The Shalene Show, how important it is to take care of your health and what we put in our bodies and what we put on our bodies is so important. I have fallen in love with Teamy Blends serums. They are amazing. They are all natural. They're infused with real tea ingredients. And can I just tell you right now about their vitamin C serum? First of all, it smells so good that I'm like, I can't even believe that this doesn't have, I don't know, fragrances in it. How could this be all natural? Well, it is. They use hibiscus flower, hydrolonic acid, which totally hydrates your skin, and it it makes your skin hold on to moisture. It also includes vitamin C, and of course, that molecule is so important for your skin health. It's rich in antioxidants, and it's just Again, also super hydrating and it's got a lot of protective benefits. The way this thing smells, I'm obsessed. It smells like grapefruit and vitamin C. It just, I don't know what it is. My skin looks lighter and brighter and tighter. And that's the whole purpose behind using a vitamin C serum. Now you want to put your serums on underneath your lotions. Timi has some great lotions too. I love their green tea detox. If you follow me on stories, you know that I use all of their natural products. They've got some wonderful oils that I use on my skin. And what I love about the Teamy line of products is I always know that they are 100% organic. And hello, this is a female-based company. We love that. Manufactured right here in the USA. Teamy is a fan of The Chalene Show. Teamy is a fan of you. And that's why they are giving you 20% off everything Everything you can find at Teamy Blends. So you go to Teamy, I'll spell it T-E-A-M-I, blends.com. Use the code Shaleen20 and that will get you 20% off freaking everything on their site. Again, you'll love everything and you can buy with confidence and know that what you're putting on your skin is all natural, all organic. That is Teamy, T-E-A-M-I, blends.com. Enter the code Shaleen20 for 20% off. And again, all their products are great, but if you're going to pick up one, definitely, definitely get their vitamin C serum. You will not regret it. Teaching them that they can't trust themselves by being a helicopter parent, tying your kid's shoes, picking out their clothes long after they can do it themselves, which frankly, you'd be surprised how young a child can actually do this hovering over them, not allowing them to make mistakes and figuring out that like, hey, we're going to survive this. Just be honest. Tell me what happened. We'll figure it out. Letting them figure it out. Not going in to talk to their teachers to see if they can get a higher grade. Oh my gosh. You did not do that. You did not do that. You didn't. You did? No, no. You can't fix life for your kids. They're going to have to go out into the world and fix these things themselves. So you're not doing yourself any favors. You know what you're doing? You're giving them anxiety because they are so nervous now that they won't be able to handle things themselves because mom always handled it for them or dad always fixed things. One thing that I think is really interesting is that you had never, I mean, you'd done like a single therapy session, but the summer you really like went therapy. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people don't realize how much it's, it's really like life coaching. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. If you've got a good therapist. Yes. So what is, if you had to pick one thing that your therapist really helped you to either identify or understand or evolve or process, if you had to just pick one, what's the most profound thing you learned? The most profound thing I learned. Mm-hmm. 
Identity is a big one. Yeah, identity. Yeah, it was 100% identity because that was one of the first things I worked on. And with her was I was like, I was, my confidence, especially the last two months of track, was Uh like completely stripped. And I was not confident and I didn't know, like I, my identity was track. And my entire life, I, before that, I knew no matter what I was doing, like whether I was a beast at soccer or doing musicals, I knew like, I knew Who I didn't are. care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so why did track make you feel like you lost your confidence those last couple of months? Because it was controlling you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it still make you feel anything when you hear it say the word trapped? Not right now. That's the thing about EMDR therapies. They say if you are really working on the right trigger, it doesn't come back. Like if a certain word or a certain thought of an event makes you anxious once you work it down to like whatever like right now i don't feel anything then you probably won't ever yeah but i still know what it would feel like it doesn't give me anxiety anxiety Mm -hmm. or anything really do you have friends who think it's weird because i've had so many people that are like so afraid to go to therapy i'm like okay that's fine why would you not want an advantage on like every part of your life just for things to be easier anything I don't have friends that are afraid. I just don't think they know what it is. Mm. And then I also think a lot of them that have gone to therapy, they don't know what a good therapist is. Uh. And they don't go enough, like, mm-hmm. one and done. Yes, yes. One and done. Like, if I stuck with the original therapist. Lordy. I, <laughs> I, I was giving her therapy. <laughs> I've had a therapist like that before, too. Okay, and this is a big one. I really need you to hear this. You do not get a redo when it comes to raising your kids. The days feel endlessly long. You feel like everybody is flying by you. It feels like you will never be able to live your purpose. Your business will never grow to the size that you want it to be. You'll never be able to do all these cool things that all these other people are doing. That you'll never have you know, the body you want because you're so busy with your kids, you don't have time to go to the gym or the career or the notoriety or the fill in the blank. But here's the deal. The moments with your kids are going to go by. Those moments are going to go by slow for sure. But the years happen so fast. I can't even believe I'm here. And every time you say yes to something because you think, well, I might not get this opportunity again. That is scarcity mindset. I just want you to remember that better fitting opportunities, bigger blessings are coming your way. So honor your priorities. And this one is equally important. Don't you dare use your kids as an excuse. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't put your business aside and say, oh, it's because I want, really want to focus on my kids. Because girlfriend, you can do both. You absolutely can kill it in business, in your career, and be an incredible mom. But your journey is going to look different. And I think too often moms give up because they're comparing their progress to someone else. And they think, okay, well, I can't do it as big as that person. So therefore, I'm going to stop doing it completely and just focus on my kids. No. If you really want it, don't use that as an excuse. Just say, it's not a priority to me right now. Maybe I'll do it later. Or get real serious about it. Get real organized and look yourself in the mirror and go like, yeah, I can do this because you know what? I am spending about five extra hours a day 
on social media doing nothing or because, you know what, I can get myself much more organized and take advantage of the time when they're napping, take advantage of the time when they are in school. I can get up an hour earlier. I can go to bed an hour earlier. I can work with my husband to find a way to reach these objectives together. Like, don't just say, oh, you know, it's too hard and I'm gonna focus on my kids if truly you want something else. Like, just be honest about it. Don't use them as an excuse, but yeah, it is definitely gonna be harder. I'm gonna encourage you to show your kids what it means to sit in the driver's seat, to be in charge of your destiny. Having said that, the best tactical action, like advice I can tell you, like the thing that you should do like today is to sit down and put your priorities in writing. It is my belief that you don't necessarily have to have your child buy a car. But Brett and I did. We had our kids buy cars. Not that we think everyone needs to have their kids buy their own cars, but we do believe, and it's my opinion, that you are going to teach your child that they can do for themselves if you teach them how to do for themselves. And most importantly, when it comes to finances and money. You want to teach your kids that they have the ability to make their own money, not to support themselves because obviously you're the parent, that's your job, not to have a full-time business because kids should be kids. But I do think every child needs the experience of learning how to create their own income, make their own money, whether that's reselling their old shoes or their old video games or things that they're not using or doing chores or activities around the neighborhood that help neighbors out, like whatever it is. You want to teach your child, all right, set a goal for yourself, this thing that you want to buy, whether that's a car or a iPhone or something that's really important to them, that it would be very easy for you to provide it for them. But in just giving your child that thing, you're not giving them the experience that they can do for themselves. And again, ultimately, we want to raise children who are confident and self-sufficient and believe in themselves. And us just repeating that phrase over and over again, you can do anything, you need to believe in yourself. Like those are just words. Kids need that experience. They need evidence. They need to know, yeah, my mom and dad said I could do this, but I actually did it. And I feel pretty good about myself. And that will encourage them to try it again. It will give them the peace of mind to know that they are never without options. Today, anyone can make money online without any income to start with, without having to make an investment. Your kids already know how to do this. I guarantee you this. Set them up for that, though. And the next time they ask for something major, whatever that is, I don't know what that's going to be. My suggestion is to get excited and say, yeah, I think that's awesome that you want a new iPhone. That's great. So how much are they? Okay, cool. So let's come up with a plan for you to make that money because that would be really amazing for you to be able to, you can just buy it yourself. How cool would that be? Oh, you want that kind of a car when you're 16? That's a great idea. Let's come up with a plan and let's figure out how you're going to make that money because you can do it. Maybe you're matching, you know, a percentage of their investment or what it is they save. But most importantly, you're giving them that firsthand experience, that evidence that they in fact can do anything they set their minds to. Listen, we're going to mess it up. We were definitely not perfect parents, but we definitely did our best and we read every parenting book we could get our hands on. 
to this day, I still listen to parenting podcasts. I still listen to relationship books. And I listen to those books thinking, how can I improve my marriage? How can I improve my relationship with my adult children? How can I be a better role model to them? How can I help them to be better in their relationships? Like it doesn't go away. When your kids are adults, which mine are now, you're still having to be a great parent. It's important. There's still work to be done. And when you do that work, it improves your relationship with your children and it improves your children's relationship with their partners and their belief in themselves. And that's why we did this. It's the legacy, right? Well, I hope this has been helpful. I'd love to hear your thoughts and if this brought up anything about your own parents or maybe some things that you think you could do differently with your kids. We talk about this stuff inside my private Facebook group. I'd love to invite you. It's for anyone who listens to the show, Build Your Tribe and The Shaleen Show. Just go to Facebook and type in Shaleen's Pod Squad, and that's where we talk about this stuff. I'd love to have you there. But I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for all the reviews. You guys are so amazing. You know, there's always that, I feel like a couple of crazy people that like, geez, I mispronounced a word and they're giving me a one star. My word. (laughs) Hope you're perfect over there. But for those of you who've left a five star and a detailed review, I appreciate it. I know it's not easy to figure out how to do that on the app. So if you do that, take a screenshot of it and send it to me on Instagram so I can personally thank you. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.